This week on the Boag World Show, we look at ways that you can be more effective working from home in light of the coronavirus. This episode of the show is brought to you by Aurelius Labs and to check out. Hello and welcome to the Boag World Show, the show about all aspects of user experience, design, digital strategy and working in digital. And it's that last one that we're going to be focusing on this particular episode as we talk about remote working. Because let's be honest, that's what we're all doing at the moment because of the way the world is. Joining me as always is Marcus Lillington. Hello, Marcus. Hello, Paul. How are you today? How are you, Paul? How are you? I am... I am good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. It, it it comes to something, doesn't it, where there is a major pandemic. Everybody has to social distance and change their lives in this major way, except apparently me, who is pretty much carrying on as I normally do. Um, very little, very little has changed in my world. Um, we've been, you know, homeschooling our son for as long as I can remember. I've been working at home for 18 years. I've run remote teams. You run remote teams. You work from home most of the time. I know you've got an office as well. So really, not much has changed in our world, does it really? Well, a friend of mine has had the virus. We're not 100% Ooh. because she wasn't bad enough that she had to yeah. go to hospital. But, you know... Uh, couldn't get out of bed for two days, mass oh. temperature, cough. And another one, which apparently uh, this is something that they, they, they didn't say was a symptom, is you lose your sense of smell and taste. And she still hasn't got it back. So Weird. But she's oh, all right well. now. So, Good. So, so it's, you know, it's, yep. it's real. Ooh. It is real. I believe <laughs> it now. They're not just making it all up. So, yeah, I mean, uh, essentially what we thought we would do for this show is look at the subject of remote working. Um, because me and Marcus have been doing it for so long, um, we mm. feel like we're, we're relatively well placed to talk about it. Um, and I've had a, it's really funny, but part of what I do is um, mentorship where I mentor people. And I'm, I'm getting all of these phone calls all of a sudden and emails going, uh, you homework, don't you? Uh, how, how do we do this? How do we get it working properly? Um, so this seemed like a good way of, of kind of covering the subject and hopefully it can help. An it's worth saying, idea. Yes. It's worth saying as well that we've got um, a live audience. If you're listening to the podcast here, we're actually um, streaming this live. Uh, and so there are a load of people in the room um, that are all here to, to talk about remote working. So for those of you that are here live, Um, obviously things are looking pretty busy in the chat at the moment Um, so we're going to do our best to follow that but if you've got a question if you've got a specific question to ask you'll notice in the bar at the bottom it's got an ask the question question option there so if you could just pop in your question there it's also worth having a look at what other questions are there because you can vote up ones that you want um, us to particularly tackle So, um, yes, thank you very much for joining us, those of you in the room. Um, I guess we should kick off. I think the first thing to say um, before we get into some tips around homeworking is uh, that we also run a Slack community. 
um, which I know one of the big things that a lot of people are struggling with is this idea of being socially isolated. Um, in my case, I think now everyone else has moved online. I'm more sociable now than I've ever been in my entire life because suddenly everybody wants to talk to you remotely. Um, so, <laughs> which is a very different world for me. But yeah, we spend a lot of time hanging out in this, uh, the uh, community Slack channel. We would love to have you come and join us there. Um, you can sign up anytime by going to boagworld.com forward slash slacking. Um, and it's uh, been a really nice support network, isn't it, Marcus, in there? And the, the vibe has been lovely. It's it's a fantastic um, channel. Uh, well, I don't really know because all I have is the Headscape channel, which is the Headscape team. Mm. Um, that's the agency that I'm part of. Um, and uh, the HE digital t- channel, which is probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the place. And mm. the Boag World channel feels like kind of like a little homely place to come mm. in and, and have a chat with people. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, we've never really had any trouble, which is just bizarre. Nope. How many people are on there now? Oh, there's well over a thousand. I think which it's is, pushing a couple of thousand. But yeah, it's always very... It, it, a lot of people don't actually post. They're just kind of lurkers. But no, <laughs> Yeah, they lurk. <laughs> we occasionally get a little bit of spam, um, but that's about it, really. Yeah, so it's a lovely place to hang out. It just goes to show that it is possible in this day and age to have a kind of communication network where people don't end up just, you know, talking about, but accusing each other of being being Nazis because that's what yeah. happens in the end, isn't it? But do you, <laughs> but have you noticed that the radical shift of you know that actually when when real shit goes down, um, you know, people actually do step up, don't they? And they are nice to one another. And yes, there's been a few, you know, fights in, in supermarkets and stuff like that. But generally speaking, people have been absolutely lovely. And it's mm. been, it's restored my faith in humanity, which I tell you is a fairly major achievement. <laughs> <laughs> It'll change again when everyone gets bored of this in a week. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll get to a tipping point, I suspect. Anyway, let's let's remain positive um, and talk a little bit about homeworking. So, yes, both me and Marcus have been homeworking for exactly the same length of time because we both started an agency together back in 2002. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we've been through the 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 experience of doing that. We did get an office with the agency that we run um and uh but even so most people work from home a fair amount of the time i certainly worked from home pretty much the entire time i'd go in maybe once a month um for the last five years i've worked as an independent consultant which means that i'm not i don't have an office at all i'm in my house and this is you know where i work on a daily basis so let's start doing some tips i want to do questions but i'm going to do a load of tips first before we get into the uh, into that the first tip i want to sh- share with you um is i would highly recommend that you see this and you approach this period of time as if it's permanent right um it, it might not be 
right? I, I don't, you know, I, I'm sure, I hope you know. it's not, Paul. No, no, I'm not saying, I don't mean, no, no, let me clarify that. That's I'm it. not saying. I'm off. I'm not saying that we're going to be living in quarantine forever. Uh-huh. But I do think what will happen, in my opinion, is that, that I think, hopefully, companies will see that um, homeworking is a viable option that it's something that actually can make you very productive. It can lead to a better work-life balance. It can have all of these benefits. Um, and so so actually, with any luck, you will have the option to do this even after this particular crisis is ended. Mm. Um, and I think if you're an individual employee I th- and you're approaching this, try you know think about whether you want to integrate this into your life over the long term, and if so, how are you going to do that? If you're someone who runs a team of people, um, then I think um, you you want to be starting to think, okay, well, th- these processes um, and working methodologies and tools, we need to invest in them now. We need to invest in the infrastructure because even when this current crisis goes away, having the potential for people to work remotely offers a huge, huge potential, right? Um, and then on, uh, beyond that, um, there's also the possibility that this won't be the last pandemic we face, I'm sorry to say. And so having a system and a structure in place to support that is very much worthwhile. So... That's that. I wanted to get that one out of the way. Let's now talk about the kind of practicalities of, of doing this, right? Okay. <clears throat> I'll be interested in your, your thoughts on this, Marcus, right? Do you, because you work from home a fair amount and you've also got a team, mm-hmm. do you stick, what's your working style in a sense? Do you, do you kind of stick to the nine to five or are you more flexible than that? How has it worked out for you? Do you mean just me or the team? Both. Okay. Pick uh, one and start. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask another question now. But I can't think of one. Um, uh, I am pretty... Yeah, I tend to stick stick to the same kind of times. I'll start, I like to start early and I like to finish fairly early. So I like, I like, I'm a kind of eight till five kind of person. Or... Hmm, because I've, I've been thinking about this all day. I've been decorating mm. all day. I've been, th- I've been a bit at work and I've been thinking, what are we going to talk about on this show, show tonight? And actually, I tend to start, the way I tend to, tend to work is I'll start almost as soon as I open my eyes. I'll, yeah. I might get a coffee or whatever, but then I'll sign in at seven, whatever it is. Um, and I'll sign off, and it is important to sign off, and no doubt we'll come on to that in a bit, uh, at probably six o'clock, which is like an 11-hour day, but I don't work for 11 hours yeah. during that period. So I guess I am. I give myself the, the opportunity to, if I feel like it, I'm going to wander off for a walk. Mm. Um, but because we're in, in a team, we can't, you know, I'm, I can't start work at eight, eight o'clock at night and, and, come and log off at 4 a.m. because I have to talk to other people that are in the team. Mm. So we have to have a little bit of overlap, or no, quite mm-hmm. a lot of overlap potentially. But I think, um, I think I'm 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 similar, uh, or the rest of the team are similar in this that we often all sign in very early, uh, mm. but and work quite late. But I think that just gives us the opportunity to kind of, you know, take half an hour out here and there if we if we yeah. need to. 
because uh, rather than you know just like bang, I'm starting at nine and I'm going to stop for an hour at lunch and you know it, it's not you can be a bit looser. I guess mm. is what I'm saying. And I think, it, I, and that I totally agree with that. And that that was one of the things that I was really keen to communicate today. In this was that you don't have to replicate the office outside of the office right so you don't need to replicate that nine to five you go in you sit down you work for eight hours you go home you know because that's a a lot of the advice that you read and a lot of the way that people approach it is you know um, you need to make a clean you know have a clean uh, break between you know personal life and work life and some people put their shoes on don't they just so that yeah. they feel like they're going to work or that or they go out for a commute they go for a walk that's and right, come they walk back around the block yeah yeah and i'm I, i'm not saying any of those are wrong if it works for you then great and i think that's another thing that you want to communicate is there's no right or wrong way of doing this you've got to find your own way and your own style in it but it doesn't need to be like work right it doesn't mm. need to work like office work it could be different um so it's about for me as an individual, I, I'm all over the place because I, it's just me, right? Um, so, I, you know, today I didn't start work until one in the afternoon, um, but I'll probably do some stuff in uh, this evening, right? So it, it's absolutely all over the place and I tend to work better in the evening. But it's about availability, right? Yes. It's about being available for other people if they need you, because obviously I have clients and that kind of stuff. So I need to have my phone out. I need to be checking my email. Um, and a lot of people feel overwhelmed by that, that you get this constant stimulus of, of stuff coming at you. Um, so that you can limit to nine to five, right? So you only have your notifications on or whatever between nine to five. But that doesn't mean that you have to work in nine to five. Does that make sense, Marcus? Am I making it, sense? It, it, yes, totally. And I think it's there's one kind of because you started off with kind of some kind of like major fundamental points, and I think a, a fundamental point here is to say that some people are better at this than others, and mm. some people like it more than others. You, for example, mm. and Lee, who works at Headscape, you know, you're kind of made for working at home, whereas yeah. I struggle if I have to do it all the time. I, I, yeah. I, I really struggle with. Um, online meetings um yeah as opposed to face-to-face -face ones i think they're much more difficult whereas yeah. i suspect you don't you're not bothered you're probably like wait no that's not true actually okay. um I, I in fact I've, i was saying to michelle in the chat room because she was asking about um design sprints and that she has to she's got to run a design sprint remotely that's one of the hardest things i've ever done in my life exactly <laughs> so, so, so actually, I'm writing a post about this that's coming out on Tuesday. Okay. Um, and, and and I talk about how that that just doesn't work. You can't just take something that works as a face to face thing and turn it into do the same thing virtually because you know what it's like i mean it's even like that with this podcast for crying out loud you know as we came on today you were like can you hear me can i hear you you know my video's not working and all of that kind of stuff it's just a nightmare you can't work in the same way um you know uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff you, you've got yeah. to find new ways of working so i wouldn't even try and do a design sprint if i'm honest not in the traditional sense of it, because it's it's not feasible. Yeah, I mean, do, doing any more than two hours tops, I would say. I mean, trying to facilitate, uh, I don't know, 
12 people that's the kind of yeah. prob- that's probably a standard number isn't it yeah. uh, in a in a workshop type sprint type thing it's hard enough i mean it's it's it it knackers you out doing it for a day face to face yeah but you know 2 hours and i'm done mm. <laughs> you know uh, trying to do it online so if you've got any tips paul yeah we're here for your tips yeah well absolutely <laughs> i mean what i'm basically saying with these things i say this in the article is you kind of have to step back um, and ask yourself what are the benefits that you get from doing whatever the real world thing is, right? So whether it be a design sprint or customer journey mapping or whatever else, focus first on what the benefit is, right? Mm. What do you get from it? Not the process of creating it, right? Mm. So for example, um, uh if you've got problems in terms of so let's say for example you could you're talking about doing a design sprint right design sprints really are all about um engaging stakeholders educating them iterating fast on ideas those kinds of things aren't they that's what you get from doing a design sprint and why they're a value Mm -hmm. but that's not the only way of getting that value you can engage people through stakeholder interviews, one-to-one interviews. You can um, you can educate people through blog posts and newsletters. You can run surveys. You can. There are lots of other asynchronous methods or one-to-one methods that you can adopt. Are they as good as doing a design sprint? No, probably not. Right? Will mm. they get the job done? Yes. Are they better, maybe in different ways, to a design sprint? Probably. Right. Mm. So so I think one of the things that we really need to do um, is to actually kind of step back and and look at things from scratch and ask ourselves, what are the outcomes that we want and reevaluate the way that we get to those outcomes? That's that's how I feel anyway. And that's what I talk about in this post. Yeah, no, that's makes a lot of sense, Paul. So, I mean, even that applies not just to individual things like design sprints or whatever else. It also applies just to the way that you work as a whole. So, for example, um, one of the things when we work in an office, um, the way that we judge our performance in the office, if we're honest, is are you there from nine to five? (laughs) Have you done? Well, seriously, it is, isn't it? It's have you done the hours? Yeah. Right, that you are contractually obliged to do. It's Harry, okay? Harry, po- Harry Potter's. How, how many feet of homework have you done? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what we need to do is, I think, is shift our thinking. When we start working from home, it's not about that we've done eight hours, right? Because I was talking to someone earlier about this who was saying, actually, they were in this chat room. Somebody in the chat room who said. Oh, you know, I've I, I'm running out of things to do because I haven't got a commute, and suddenly I'm doing, you know, achieving a lot more. Well, that's okay. That's a then. good Kick, thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kick back and relax, right? <laughs> Don't you know if you've done all of the deliverables you would do in a normal day in the office, and you've done that in four hours, go play with the kids, right? Or avoid mm. them and watch something on Netflix, you know. <laughs> so it, it's about getting well. Actually, Daniel has just said it in the chat room. It's about getting the tasks done, not spending the time doing those tasks. And that, that's a really important thing to get your head around, I think. However. Right. Um, 
and this is more I, I i agree with that entirely 100 percent. but you kind of started the, this off or, or the reason why we're having this conversation is because so many people are suddenly thrust into this situation because mm. they have to uh, mm-hmm. and there'll be lots of very nervous bosses out there oh is it all going to get done blah, blah 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 so i guess I guess it depends on how, how what kind of personality your boss is, but maybe yeah. you should just sort of um, take take your t- spread your time out over the day as you normally would if, if you're in the office, or actually try and educate them into I've done all the stuff because I'm more being more productive. I haven't got any distractions. I've got I've, I've got all this stuff done as much mm. as I would normally normally have done. I'm taking a couple of hours out or whatever. Yeah. And I, I tell people, I think I'm kind of yeah. There's in this entire conversation. There's there's kinds of two sides to it, isn't there? There's mm. you, the employee, mm. and you, the manager, right? So you know, and you do have both. And I think managers do need to realise as long as the shit's getting done, then that's fine. It doesn't matter how long they're spending doing it. Mm. For a, uh, for but either side whichever side of the equation you are another real key i think to successful remote working is to over communicate right mm-hmm. that that you need to be constantly talking to your colleagues to your manager to everybody telling them what you're doing when you've done it how you've done it letting them see your work as you're doing it Put everything online, everything open to people. Because if you don't do that, then you're going to get into this this situation of, oh, is that person doing their job? Are they pulling their weight? And all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so the more you communicate it, the better off that you generally are. And that's where things like Notion is really good, doing daily updates, Slack. Um, I came across a nice little tool um, just this week actually called um remote hour which is a bit like zoom or or skype except you can just connect to people and start talking to them much easier and you can put status updates and things like that i'll put a link in the show what notes was, yeah what was it that. called sorry it's called um remote, remote hour. hour i haven't actually tried it myself but um <laughs> the paid for service that we that we use suddenly noticed has got really really crappy since everybody yeah. started working from home yeah yeah, so, and that's, you know, it's mm. not surprising, is it, really? So, yeah, have a look at Remote Hour. I think it's free at the moment as well. Um, that won't last long. Um, but, yeah. uh, but there you go. That's, that's something to have a look at. So it's remotehour.co. Um, yeah, so, so over-communicate as much as you possibly can. Um, I think that makes a huge, huge difference. Um, I think it's also important to know when to log off. Um, mm. You wrote, did you write that one in the notes or did I? No, it was you. Oh, was it? Okay. If, yeah. I did just say it though. Yes, you did. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm thinking it came from you. Um, yeah. And it, it's the balance there, isn't it? it? It's For me, for a long time, I was very regimented that I, you know, at a certain time I would down tools and log off and walk away. Um, but it's not just that type of logging off we're talking about. It's also mm. logging off from your head, right? Mm. When you go into an office, there is a defined area where you think about work, right? When you work from home, there's not that defined area. So it tends to follow you. 
<laughs> even yeah. when you're not actually working. Um, and so you've got to have, I fight, you know, there, there are various techniques of, of how you, you deal with that. And it's very much up to you. But one of the techniques that, that I have is um, me and my wife sit down to watch a TV program at a certain time in the evening, pretty much every evening. And that breaks me from work, right? Mm. It forces me to break from work. Um, so that's quite useful to me. Other people might do it in a totally different way. You've got to kind of find your own style in that, which is yeah. a bit tricky. I think the, re- the reason it's, it's again, people are different. Uh, and some people struggle to turn off. And for those people that do struggle to turn off, make sure you have a time when, you know, it, it might be six o'clock, whatever. Right. And now mm. I'm going to down tools. Turn, turn your machine off. That's a good one. Don't just shut the lid. Actually turn it mm. off. Um, somebody like me, um, I actually probably, I, I'm better just on and off all the time anyway. Yeah, uh, so am I, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I don't and I don't suffer from it, I think. But if no. you ended up working all the time, then you would suffer from it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that that's why it's an important thing. Paul has made a really good comment in the chat room, which I 100% agree with, with is he says, um, don't be too hard on yourself, right? You get this perception that you work from nine to five in the office or whatever, but you don't. Oh, no. You no. know, <laughs> most companies work on a productivity level of about 60% of it from employees, mm-hmm. right? So that means, you know, that actually you're not, you're far from being efficient. Most of the time you're, you're pissing around on social media or chatting with the person next to you or whatever else. So you will find that you work a lot, you should be working a lot less hours at home than you mm. do in the office, in my opinion. It's a it's a funny one. I found, and this is because I've done this for such a long time, because there's this this idea that you're a lot more productive at home. Mm. Um, because when or, you go, well, people swing one way or the other. Yeah. Either they say you're a lot more productive, or you won't get anything done because there's distractions like television and you know the yeah. washing and whatever. The, and yeah, yeah, yes, the washing. That's the thing that always always distracts yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> like you're going to stop working to do washing. I mean, honestly. No, but there is. It's, it, it depends on the task. If I've got one of those tasks where I really would rather be doing anything else, I prefer being in the office because, it, mm. because it's like everyone else has gone quiet, right? I really ought to do something. Kind of, so yeah. it forces me to do it. Whereas if I'm at home, I go, another cup of tea. Or, yeah. oh, I think I'll just walk down and look at the river. You know? yeah. So it, it's all I'm saying. I have no cure for this, by the way. Just, just note it. Uh, yeah. it. When you're at home, there are a lot more distractions available to you. Uh, and and there, isn't, you know, there is no pressure to kind of... No, no let's not say there's, there's less pressure to get on with it, I suppose. Yeah. But Unless, what I have found... Sorry, just uh, one no, point go on. on that. Is when you're into something... When you're when you're not kind of struggling to start something or anything like that, then you'll get way more done at home because it's there's just nothing there's nothing around you. If, if you're in the zone, as it were, then, you get, yeah. then you'll do it a lot more quickly. So let's look at that, right? How to limit those distractions and how to get control of your work day. Matt has um, thrown one in that I totally agree with, which is he time boxes time. He sets himself a timer to focus on a task and then keep on it, right? And then after that, he takes a forced break. So the most classic example of this is the Pomodoro technique, Mm -hmm. right? Where you work for 25 minutes, you take a five-minute break, you rinse and repeat. 
right? And when the time is going, you just have to keep going, right? Um, and for some people, that works very well. Um, uh, for ex- <laughs> it didn't work. No, I know. no, it, I it hate doesn't. It. I end up yeah. arguing with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that attitude. Arguing with the tom- Pomodoro technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's kind of. I'm somewhere in between, so that sometimes it works for me, and then other times it it just is is no good whatsoever. Um, the other technique that we have in our household <laughs> is is called the reverse Pomodoro, right? <laughs> and the reverse Pomodoro is for when you really can't be asked to do anything. And you, you say to yourself, look, I'm going to do five minutes and then take 25 minutes off. That, that, right? that sounds much more like it, Paul, I have to say. <laughs> and the reason, the reason it works is because once you start... You want to keep going, yes, right? Exactly. So, so things like that work really well. Again, you've got to experiment. You've got to talk to other people, see what they they try, and then then try it yourself. But discipline is a big part of it. Accountability can help as well. Of saying, I'm going to deliver this by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, make yourself accountable to colleagues. Make yourself accountable um, to uh, bosses. And then also, you know, if you don't have any uh, a structure like that, which I don't, make yourself accountable to people in the Slack channel or wherever <laughs> else. You know, anybody will do. Interesting. No, sorry, Paul, carry on. You were, you were midpoint. Was, no, 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 I wasn't. I was actually going to move on to a different point relating to, to staying focused. But if you want to jump in, go no, for I'm it. No, just saying there was a, well, something we must cover is what Dave mentions here. Is, uh, we've mentioned not, uh, repli- not replicating the office environment, but what he's saying is how, how, how do we – there are certain aspects of the office environment that we do want to replicate, which is the, you know, the, the human-to-human part of it, mm. the, the, mm. the communicating bit. So how do we deal with that? We must cover that. Yes. Yeah, I think I've got a question on that later. So we will – because okay. I'm going to – this is going to go on longer than normal, unfortunately, Marcus, this show, I think. But mm. let's just go with it because hopefully it's valuable to people. The other thing I wanted to say about distractions is that it really helps – to have a dedicated workspace, right? Um, somewhere where when you sit down at that workplace, you are doing work, okay? Um, now, I've, I'm very lucky because I've been working at home for 18 years. We bought this house in part because it had an excellent place for an office, right? If you've just been thrust into it, you're probably not going to have that, right? Mm. So uh, I'm looking now back to when I first started home working. Um, and so I'm thinking about my advice. Try and don't, don't work at the dining room table, right? Uh, or at a, a, a communal space, a family space, right? If you have to set up a trestle table in your bedroom, that is better than sitting down and working at the dining room table, Right. Try and find a place in the house that is not um, right on right in the thoroughfare of the house, right? So, for example, when I first started working at home, I was working in the dining room, which was a dedicated space for me, but it was between the lounge and the kitchen, right? So everybody was walking past the whole time. We had a small baby. They could hear everything I was saying, Um I heard every cry of the baby, etc. So try and find yourself a, a space a little bit away. 
It only needs to be the smallest desk. I saw somebody who'd created a, a home office underneath their stairs. <laughs> and they had a tiny little desk in with a laptop on, and it was perfectly fine. This is the, so uh, just um, to, just to play kind of slight devil's advocate on that because I do completely agree that having your I, yeah. not, I don't like I, the idea of hot desking horrifies me. Um, yeah, I want to have my space. Um, but one of our clients, um, she's obviously working home, uh, working from home, and she said, but then she hasn't got lots of kids around or anything like that. But she was saying, yeah, I, I've, I, I've deliberately pulled myself out of my little shoebox of a room that I have um, as an office that's all set up as an office because it's much more comfortable I get a much better view more sort of ambiance around me if I come and sit in our my big kitchen so I, I, I'm it yeah generally speaking I agree and, but, and that's but, but don't yeah, lock yourself yeah, and I agree stairs, I don't think yeah <laughs> unless unless you nah. have small children no nah, but well <laughs> Yes, yes, yes and no. I think there is a degree where it it's good to have that space. She's got that space, even if she doesn't use it the whole time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There is still a place where you can go away and, and hide. Let's talk about family and small children. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, it's really important to lay, lay some lay some ground rules and i'm not just talking about laying ground rules with children i'm talking about laying ground rules with partners anybody that's in the house right that you need to have a very clear signal with the family of when you're working and when you're not now that might be putting headphones on just like you would do at work it might be um sitting in a particular place at the um uh, in the house whatever it is it might be when you're when you've got shoes on right (laughs) or when you're wearing a certain pullover or when you're holding a sign saying piss off you know (laughs) whatever works post it on your head that's fine (laughs) yeah yeah but just See, have the conversation as a family, right? My son, my son had to learn very early, right? Because he, I've worked from home his entire life. You know, I had to explain to him, look, when dad is in the dining room, as it was at the time, that means he's working. You need to go and talk to your mum, right? Um, and, and that was just it, right? That was the way that it was in our family from the very beginning, um, and I think you need to have those kinds of conversations um, if you're going to avoid conflict further down the line. Oh, the I've just very... got to interrupt. Yoka's just said, and in a few weeks we'll be able to sit outside. What a lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely thought. Oh. Yes. And that actually, <laughs> yeah. Yoka, Huge. that brings me on perfectly, perfectly <laughs> to the last point that I wanted to make, right? Is it's very easy to focus on all the challenges of home working, but embrace the perks, right? Mm. You know, you can slack off in the middle of the day if you're feeling tired and you can't face it. You can go and sit outside. You can put on whatever music you want to listen to without worrying about anybody else. You can work for the entire morning wrapped in your duvet right and i <laughs> as you do, I do <laughs> as i do yeah um you know you can because your kids are going to be home as well don't see that as a, a as a problem don't see it as oh no the kids are home how am i going to concentrate on work go with it if the kids are really hyper and and you want to go spend some time with them do it 
and do your work later. You know, I think it's really important to kind of embrace the um, the whole nature of it. Anyway. I'm going to briefly stop and talk about one of our sponsors because, like I said, this is um, uh, produced as a podcast. So, so obviously we have sponsors. I'm going to talk about sponsor and then we're going to get into some user questions. First sponsor I want to talk about is To Checkout. Um, so To Checkout basically simplifies the whole craziness of digital commerce, um, which at the moment is very, I think a lot more people will be embracing digital commerce, um, uh, even more so than they already have. So it handles everything really that happens from the, the buy button onwards. So um, payments, finalizing the order, um, you know, suggesting alternative products in the cart, delivery notifications, all that kind of stuff. Um, and if there is an issue with your card or something like that, they deal with all of that. Um, and basically, it's a, a collection of modular platforms that you can use. So there's a global payment one. There's a digital commerce one. There's a subscription billing one, one for global tax and financial services, risk management and compliance. They even have um, they'll even do things like handle if if customer support, if you want to. There's a whole range of stuff, a lot more than just the payment part of it. Um, so, yeah, check them out see what they're about um and if you're doing any kind of e-commerce they are absolutely excellent and that's to checkout.com right so we've got 12 questions waiting for us marcus okay let's go through them starting from the first the most devoted question so this question was originally posted by leo i'm interested in any tips or hacks on working from home with two children under six Bloody hell. <laughs> um, also, both parents uh-huh, should be working. Any clear, no, that's bad, don't do that recommendations. <laughs> right. Uh, kids under six. Mm. How far under six? I think uh, that uh, well, the reason why I'm going there is if they're young enough, they'll have naps. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Use that time wisely, I guess. That's when you can yeah. both work. Otherwise, you need to take it in turns. Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, my, the advice I would give there is, is don't f- work when they're asleep. Basically, I remember having to do that. You know, I did a lot more work in the evenings um, because, you know, I had a, I had a son that was, was awake in the day. Um, uh, I think you can, you need to maintain their routine as much as possible, give them a sense of structure in their lives and, and to work around that. I mean, if they're, if they're nearer the six, I think they're probably old enough to mm. um, say, look, you know, daddy's working or mummy's working or whatever. Um, and you're going to have to essentially set up some kind of shift arrangement between you and your, your, your wife. Yep. Um, but be honest with your employer about that, right? I think it's much better to say, look, this is the situation we're in than it is to try and kind of juggle it in the background. Because to be honest, your employer's going to have to suck it up, right? <laughs> this, you know, at the moment in the world we live in, they're going to have to suck it up. Um, so don't be afraid to go back to them. As long as the work gets done, they'll be fine, right? They won't get uptight or they shouldn't get uptight, that you're doing it at, you know, weird hours, right? Yep. Agreed. 
I don't think there's a lot else you can say about it. Are there any other tactics that I used to use? Well, I used to, I used to have a door that I locked, but that didn't work. <laughs> they just banged on the door. <laughs> yeah, little kids are. See, the problem is you. If, like you say, it depends how close. If they're six and if they're five and six, let's say, then you know they will happily sit and watch a film. If they're two and three, not a chance. Mm. So mm. you know, it it really does depend on the age. Davis said that he, also, as well as having three kids under six, he's also running a team of twelve people. Um, and and I think in that kind of situation, you've got to, you've you know be up front with your team members say that you know you might not be as instantly available as you would normally be they're going to get it they're going to understand it and you're going to have to trust your team I think any one of the big things that's going to come out of this um, is as managers we're going to have to delegate and trust our teams more with responsibility um, that they step up Um Another thing Charlotte has just um, suggested is could maybe you could club together with some other parents um, and take it in turns to watch them. I don't know whether that actually causes isolation problems or not. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into the medical side of things. Anyway, mm. there you go. There's a little bit about that. It is a huge one and there's no easy magic answers. Well, I haven't found it yet. But then I very sensibly only have one child. That made it easier. Okay, let's do the next one. Christian, hi, Paul. Could you spend some time talking about um, personal remote working as well as what to do for the leaders uh, as a leader of a team? Um, so, I mean, I think we've talked quite a lot about personal remote working, but let's talk a little bit about if you're running a team. Marcus, you do this more than I do. Is there any advice that you would give on this? I think you need to... We have already covered this, but it, it's about ensuring that people are available. So everyone needs to know that that we, we've got we've got a, an R Slack channel. We've we've got um, uh, one of one of the channels is called Movements. So you know, uh, and it's often ten minute pop into the shops, ten minutes get some milk, and that's really important because you would think, well, actually, probably no one will even notice. But it, it it's really quite frustrating if you're trying to get hold of someone and no one can find them. So mm. I think. But be all right with that. That's that's the other th- mm-hmm. other thing. It's kind of like you know, I'm fine if you need to pop out or whatever. Just just always communicate what you're doing so that we know where everybody is in case we need to speak to each other. Uh, and also, and I kind of uh, on a more fundamental level, uh, and we've done this for a long time. We did this even when we, when we had the office and we were in there more often. Is ensure that there is a time, say between ten and three, when everybody's working. Um, yeah so that you you can't have that oh well i like working between midnight and 7 a.m or whatever because uh, that doesn't work for in a team um environment but that doesn't necessarily mean they need to be sitting at their desk actually doing work so much as they need to be available if other people need to talk to them and respond they can't suddenly go out of the cinema in the middle of the day not that that would be an issue right at the moment but you, you know what i mean yeah it's ex- more ex- that is exactly it? that yeah, yeah yeah if yeah i mean we it, it's not black and white. It's not like going to an office when you walk through the door between nine and five because you mm. can stop and start a lot more e- easily. But be, be, it's about having a, a time 
where everybody is available and even if you're not available making sure you communicate that fact and for how long it's going to be and you mm-hmm. know and don't take the piss like don't go to the cinema for three hours yeah um because that's that that is something you should do outside of work i guess yeah yeah um, and i think that another thing i think it's quite important to try and have a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A social aspect going on as well. Um, so, you know, for example, the Headscape Slack channel is just as likely to be full of people taking the piss out of one another or some stupid gif or that kind of stuff. That kind of thing you need to actively encourage. And I think as a team leader, mm. you need to be the one that instigates that. You need to be, you know, in there being silly, messing around, keeping things light. And at a time like this as well, I think you also need to be the one saying, this is hard, isn't it? You know, mm. this is difficult. I'm stressed. You know, I'm worried. Be the set the example of of what you you know of that that being human in it and remembering to be human that's so i got a, a quote from lee howells at headscape yep. headscaper yesterday in our covid channel um mm-hmm. hang on i've got to find it uh there was wondering uh is man covid worse <laughs> which i thought was really funny <laughs> there we go I love the fact that you've got a channel dedicated to that. Well yeah, we've done. got one called Boring Car Chat, Boring House Chat. Uh, <laughs> various, so they're, they're, we often end up talking about houses or cars, or um, Ed and Dan do anyway. Right. <laughs> so, so they've now been shoved into so their you have own to have channel. Your own channel, exactly. Yeah. Headscape. So, oh, you know, these guys- this is relevant. I just got things just popped up. Headscape Virtual Brunch. I've just been invited to. How there lovely. you go. Yeah, you know, things like that are a really great idea. Um, Things as well like, you know, even having virtual book clubs or, you know, it's all kinds of stuff. You need to get imaginative and creative with those kinds of things. Um, Trust people would be another thing I would say if you're running a team, you know, and and tell them you're trusting them. Say, look, I'm not going to keep you to to specific hours. And, you know, yes, I want you to be around for our daily stand-up or whatever. Um, But beyond that, as long as we can reach you via email, you know, and you get the work done, I'm kind of happy. Um, So absolutely do, you know, empower people to do what they need to do. Um, Invest a bit of money in good, um, uh, the right applications and technologies to enable people, but don't get too hung up on the tool, um, you know, and don't, if people, sometimes, um, and I, I've been, I've been um, guilty of this. Sometimes you go, you find a tool and you go, right, everybody's got to use this tool now. Paul right? reproductivity, don't join the Boag World Slack channel. Well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so you know, every, you say, oh, well, we're all going to use Notion now. And if, you know, if you're having to bang and bang and bang and force people to, to use that, that particular application, whatever it is, then it's probably not the right application. Mm. Um, you know, so stay flexible stay relaxed and and trust your staff and as andrew davis says get a comfortable chair actually that's really kind of relevant isn't it especially mm. with like people who've just suddenly ended up having to work from home yeah um 
Yeah, chairs. I mean, that's a whole show in itself. <laughs> it Absolutely. Is, it is, though, because, oh, yeah, I've got a back problem, and no, oh, no, you shouldn't be spending any less than £1,000 on your chair that you work from oh, home. bullshit Ooh. to that. Yes, yeah, bullshit, yeah. exactly. I'm still sat on the one I bought in PC World 20 years ago. Yeah. But it is a big comfy chair. But it is, there is that whole thing about, you know, again, the reason why you need to be taking regular breaks and getting up and wandering around and making a cup of tea. All those things are actually good for you. They're not bad for you at all. Mm. Um, Tim points out, um, has just posted the wine emoji, which I think I entirely agree with that. Um, I think, you know, introduce day drinking into your schedule. I, I believe in that as well. Anyway, let's do another question. Right. We've been told to expect to spend up to two months working from home. I'm worried about the effects on my and my team's mental health. So any tips about managing that would be great. Working from home is lonely. Yes, it can be. Um, I think Marcus was right earlier saying that some people are more disposed to it than others. Um, People that don't like other people like Paul, basically. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, never <laughs> having to interact with another human being. Um, I think, it, it, you know, the things that... But that said, I love our Slack channel. I love going up there and having a little rant and a little rave, and that's really great. Um, so do that. Going out, going for a walk, um, you know, um, that kind of thing makes a big difference. Working out for, outside when you get a you get an opportunity to is really worth doing as well. Um, going and potentially working even somewhere else. Now, you might think you can't do that because of social distancing, but as the weather improves, you could go and work in a park or somewhere like that for a while. makes a big difference. Again, going back to what Marcus was saying about um, that client of his, working in a different location every now and again, mixing it up Mm. makes a big difference as well. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you soon realise how good your desk is with all the stuff on it on the big screen, yes. and so we used to go and sit in the garden for about half an hour and go, "Yeah, this isn't working," and come back up again. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to just break out. And and this is where, as well, it just goes back to um, embracing the benefits of home working. Mm. So if you're struggling, if your your mental well being isn't great, stop working. Go do something that makes you happy but and come back to it later. One thing one thing that we've said we will, since, because we, at Headscape, we used to work sort of two days in the office, three days at home. So a lot of homeworking, but not completely. Uh, and now we're solidly homeworking. We've said that all meetings, um, you know, even if it's just an internal quick Skype, video camera has to be on. Um, mm. just to kind of like so we go hello and sort of remind each other that we still exist and I think that's yeah. what, what this was about you know it's that kind of like could get lonely being on your own all the time so stick the video on and and, yeah. and don't be you know, if nearly all meetings in the office if you're wandering with a coffee in your hand or there's biscuits there's always banter so start mm. those with a bit of banter it's mm. alright that's fine yeah. Somebody said earlier yeah. about, you know, don't put put too much pressure on on yourself um mm. in the in the in the Slack channel. You know, it's like this this idea that actually no, I'm because I'm working from home, I've got all this time, I'm going to be the super worker that does, you know, I I'm going to do more hours than you, all that kind of thing and I'm have fun, I suppose is what I'm trying to say because um we do, probably do have fun when we're together as humans in an office environment, so try and replicate that at home. Mm. 
Although I have to, I have to say I disagree with Daniel. He's saying have Skype calls from the bathtub. That may be good for your mental health, Daniel, but it probably isn't good for the uh, people that you're calling. So I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, yeah, it is lonely. Join the Boag World Slack channel. Yeah. Lots of friendly people there. There are. Okay. Next question. Hi, Paul. Thanks so much for this. Very practical. I work from home quite often, but all now doing it all the time will be challenging. Any tips to help you stay motivated when you're not feeling that great? Um, not don't, fe- not don't, feeling it when you're not feeling not it. Not feeling it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Don't, don't try too hard. Yeah, absolutely. Stop working. Go do something else. I'm, I'm constantly amazed at this, right? So um, I, I write a lot. I have to write a lot as part of my job. And I will um, sit there staring at that flashing cursor and, and ringing one sentence after another out of me, like getting blood from a stone. And it's painful. And I can spend a whole day writing a document. While other times when I just go, oh, screw it, this isn't working. And I go off and watch some Game of Thrones or, you know, annoy my wife or whatever brings me pleasure. Um, and, and then it goes round and round in my head while I'm doing whatever that other thing is. And when I come back to do it, I blast through it in a couple of hours. So that's the best thing you can do is if it's not there, if the muse is not taking you. Hey. Go and do something else. You're not a machine. You're a human being, you know? Anyway, yep. I don't think there's a lot to add to that, really, is there? Nope. Okay. Um, right. Would love to hear what you have to say to an agency that doesn't believe in practice working from home these days. Um tough you haven't got any choice yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, Um, i mean i I, there are lots of there are lots of company you know lots of people that companies that don't get it and i think a lot of it comes down to trust um and that is why this is quite a good um situation if you can possibly call this a good situation because it's forcing companies to to try this there's very little traffic on the roads that's that's uh, that's one of the pluses of the coronavirus i can't think of exactly yeah yeah, there aren't many yeah um well apparently it's made a big difference in pollution as well because everybody's just staying home um so yeah i mean uh, Basically, I think use this as a proof of concept to them. Show them that it works. And, I, and again, I think it goes back to that over-communicating. Mm. Keep telling them what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're getting on and that kind of stuff. And it will give them confidence because it's, it's fear, right? Uh, the only reason that people don't want you to work from home is because they're afraid. They're out of control if you work from home. So show them, give them that sense of control with with constant communication and show them that it's not all going to go horribly wrong. Okay. Are you going to talk about freelancers, self-employed, small businesses and how to protect themselves financially? That's from Andy Clark. That is a really good one, Andy. Um, and, And I've, this is a difficult one because the trouble is we're, we're right in the middle of it now. 
Um, so it's almost too late to protect yourself against it. Mm-hmm. Um, this all comes back to um, really two things. One is uh, I've been quite shocked at how quickly many businesses have got themselves into trouble, right? That it's been, what, two weeks um, in the UK of disruption um, and you've already got people talking about laying off staff and closing down and all this kind of stuff. If your business is that close to the edge financially the whole time, then you're taking too much out of your business. Um, you need a good... And this I learned from from Chris um, Scott, who's the, the guy that we uh, founded Headscape with. And he is very insistent of having a war chest, a, a, a savings behind you. And I am so grateful to him for that because, you know, I know I don't have to panic for a few months because my, my work's dried up as well, like everybody's has. Mm. Um, and that's a scary, a scary situation to be in. Um, so, but of course, it's too late now because we're in the middle of it, you know. Um, the, the other thing I think that's very important in this kind of situation is... Um, to have a robust method of winning work. And again, I don't think many small you know, freelancers or, or agencies have that robust way of winning work. They don't have a sales pipeline. They're not actively pursuing new work on an ongoing basis. And I think they're, they're going to suffer from that. You know, at least I can sit down and, I, you know, I've got a whole list of, of ways that I can try and find work out there, right? Because I'm not reliant on just waiting for that work to walk through the door. And I think, you know, as we come out the other side of this, we need to remember this and adapt accordingly. Um, uh, Because I think, you know, it's going to be a very tough time. In terms of what you can do in the immediate, um, I think you need to reevaluate what it is you're offering and who you're offering it to. Um. So I think, for example, um, there there are some sectors you can pretty much forget at the moment, right? So there's no point if you specialize in restaurant websites, you know, forget it. Um, so you're going to need to pivot and you're going to need to look at something else. Toilet roll it might... manufacturers, on the other hand. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also um, there's you can also look at your own skill set and how you present that and what what you can bring to people it might be that okay at the moment websites are not in demand but a lot of people need help getting their intranet sorted because now everybody's working remotely and can't just ask one another i just made that up i don't know if that's the case but you get the idea um if you go to my home page at the moment uh, on my website you'll see a big banner basically saying I've been homework, you know, I've been remote working for 18 years. I've homeschooled. I've run and advised remote teams. If you're struggling with remote teams, get in touch and I can do mentorship, right? So that's me adapting to the current reality. Um, and you have to do that kind of thing. You have to, to ask yourself, well, what can I, how can I reposition myself in the light of where things are? So it's pivoting. Paul's just mm. talked about it in the chat room. You've got to pivot what you do. So, yeah. But uh, it's difficult. It is difficult. I'm cutting. I mean, I'm cutting everything, anything um, superfluous out of my um, uh, budget at the moment. Um, so I'm stopping my pension 
just temporarily um then there's obviously you can you can talk to people you know like you can get rebates in terms of business rent if that you've got that you can talk to your landlords and various other people but i'm not a financial expert so i can't really advise too much on that marcus you've got anything to add on that one i was just about to say that was fantastic that was i was expecting much less paul (laughs) 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 no no really good advice um I think, and I think if you if you're in a business, I mean, this isn't particularly relevant to us because we all can carry on working. That's the point mm. of this conversation. We're working from home. But if you know, if I don't know, if I if I owned a restaurant, I'd probably just shut up shop and go to the beach for three months. Mm. You know, I wouldn't have any money to spend when I got there. But you know what I mean. Don't yeah. flog a dead horse. Um, yeah, but cut, although cut, even cut cost, you say that. Cut costs is definitely, yeah, but one. you say that about restaurants, but then I've seen a number of restaurants that have gone, aha, we have got a supply chain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can start doing home delivery. We can start doing groceries and stuff like that. Yeah, so they picked, pivoted. I could have picked a different uh, um, example. But I, Hotels is be, quite a difficult be, one. Yeah, be, be realistic, I suppose, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And, and accepting and, yeah. <laughs> Move on. Next. So, yes, absolutely. Oh. Okay. Time for another sponsor, Paul. Oh, yes, good. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, and then we'll, we'll do another sponsor, and then we'll do the last few questions and wrap, and wrap things up. So um, the next sponsor is Aurelius. Um, Aurelius actually is a very good tool for the subject of remote working because it's actually a tool that, that helps you organize, manage, or use the research that you're doing. So we take loads of notes, don't we, when we do use the research, um, and they end up everywhere. And so basically Aurelius is a repository where you can bring all of that information together. You can draw out some key insights, and then you can use it to communicate with colleagues and clients and your team what the findings were. So it's a single platform for organizing, sharing, and interpreting your user research um, and moving you really from that kind of raw data to key insights that communicate with colleagues. Um, it's all obviously searchable. Um, you can share your research with other people across your team and organization. Um, go and Go and find out more about them at reliuslab.com. So that's A-U-R-E-L-I-U-S lab.com. Okay. If anyone has got any advice on completely remote design sprints, I would appreciate it. I'm planning one at the moment. That's Michelle's question from earlier. Um, The answer is probably don't do it. Um, is is where I'm currently at. Don't try and run it as a design sprint at all. Instead, as I said earlier, take a step back and look at what the outcomes of a design sprint are, what it is that you're wanting to achieve from a design sprint, and then explore other ways of getting to that same goal using surveys, individual interviews, you know, group, uh, collaborative prototyping, etc. I have one thing to add to that because because well, I, mm. I I said it was one of the hardest things I've ever done is. Um, if you're planning on doing, I don't know, let's say you were plan- planning on doing two days of workshop, I would split that up into two hours over, uh, you know, yeah, two hours a day for however long it takes. Yeah. Don't do any more than that. Absolutely. And keep the team as small as possible as well. Oh, certainly. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Because p- people just talk all over each other and you can't... It's, it's, it's a nightmare it absolutely <laughs> is so yeah michelle i'll be posting something that on tuesday so check that out 
Okay. Hi, Paul. We're well equipped um, to work from home in the upcoming months. The productivity is good at the moment, but we won't meet in person anytime soon. Any tips on keeping the team's spirit and motivation up? I think we've kind of covered that a fair amount. Yep, we have. Um, be silly. Mm-hmm. It's about being stupid and irresponsible and doing dumb things and breaking all the rules like naughty school children. Because that's what you could do at the moment. All the rules have been thrown out of the window. So so you can just be silly with people. Tell them to do stupid things. Let them wander off and, and do stuff. You know, just take off the constraints from them. Make, make it feel like... What you want to do, I think, is you want to make it feel like a snow day at school. Do you know that that excitement that there is mm. when 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 you were at school and it, you were snowed out and you you couldn't go into school and it was like you know <laughs> it's got to be fun and games you know and just keep it like keep it silly um, and, and take the pressure off of people. Okay. Any advice for people already noticing internet access issues? Mm. Slower to respond. Some pages not loading at all. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a danger and this is where you get to feel really smug if you're one of those people that actually optimize their website to make them not, you know, flipping massive. I've been banging on about this for friggin' years about how pages have become so big. If you'd grown up on the internet that I grew up with, with 56k modems, you wouldn't have a nine meg homepage to download. Long and short of it, optimize your frigging site. Get rid of those those twenty eight different fonts that you're using. Use a um, optimize your images properly. Use a CDN network. Blah blah blah. Rant rant rant. As Chris Sorry, Henderson, that- Chris Henderson once said, uh, or oh, another headscaper, he said, um, "You might think your site's responsive, but if it takes me ten seconds to see it, then it isn't." Yeah, absolutely. And and you you know I was. I, I, I'm quite regularly on shitty internet as I travel around the world and hotels and mm. places like that. And, you know, a lot of people are. And, and you know, yeah. yeah. Anyway, nothing else to say on that. Gah. Okay. How do you determine if a potential employee manages uh, distributed teams well? Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was reading something else. How do you determine if a potential employer, sorry, manages distributed teams well? Hmm. Uh, ask them ask them about how their teams work, how the teams operate. You know, are there core hours? Um, what tools do they use? Can I have a look at your Slack channel? Things like that. Oh, um, I see. Because, right, yes. Sorry, I was... Yeah. Yes, I was looking to go somewhere. Yeah. No, no. I think what you're saying is, you know, potentially if you're considering moving to a company yeah, yeah, that yeah. does remote working, yeah, have a look at, um, uh, you know, ask. Yeah, Dave has just said what I was about to say. Um, ask to chat to their team members, you know, and and talk to them about it. Find out, you know. Um, so yeah, there's that one. Okay, last question. My company culture allows for working uh, has allowed for working at home before. I enjoyed it, especially uh, when there's loads of different work. But now, working from home every day, I'm wondering for any t- tips for dealing with downtime when you haven't got enough to keep people busy. Give them time off. Let them chill out. You know, 
let them work on their own projects let them experiment don't don't keep people busy just for the sake of it um or redesign the company website yeah that's always a good one and this is where you need to so i mean we're talking about i asked for more questions i followed up on this one earlier and they were saying that it's just not enough projects so that's the time when you do that kind of strategic stuff i don't know whether this is an agency or an external one but it's where you do things like redesign your own website it's where you do things like create design systems that means you'll be more efficient later it's where you do things like putting your policies and procedures in place about how you operate you do with your legacy code base you know that's time when you start doing your housekeeping stuff and it's also when you start looking at potentially pivoting and bringing different products or services to the market you know in a, in a very kind of agile hackathon kind of way could you try doing something different um it's a time to experiment and the time to put in place good foundations i think that's about it yay right We've tired everybody out. <laughs> Wonderful. So, Marcus, well, I should explain for those of you that are in the room that haven't listened to the podcast before. We always end with a um, a crap joke. I don't know why. It's just a thing that we started doing many years ago. Um, Marcus, what is our crap joke for the week? Today's crap joke is from Lyle Barris, who's not in the room. I note, but. Um, oh. Did you hear about the chameleon who couldn't change colour? No. What about the chameleon that can't change colour? He had a reptile dysfunction. <laughs> That's actually quite a good one. I quite like that There one. you go. See, sometimes, hey, sometimes they're over. all right. Yeah, they're not too bad. <laughs> anyway, go, going back to just doing silly stuff, I think that perfectly demonstrates it. Sharing jokes so hope, is an excellent way to, to do that. It really is. We've got a whole channel dedicated <laughs> yeah. to that, and it helps so much. It really does. Okay, thank you so much for joining us for this, whether you're joining live in the room or whether you've joined um, via the podcast or the video re uh, replay. I hope you found it useful. I hope there were some tips in there. Uh, and the thing I would say is just try and enjoy it. Try and make the most of it. You know, don't don't focus on the problems of homeworking, but instead embrace the amazing freedom that it gives you to enjoy life a lot more. And uh, yeah, keep safe. And what am I supposed to say? Oh, yes, keep washing your hands or something. I don't know. I'm not very good at this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, public service announcements are not my thing. Anyway. Talk to you soon and goodbye. Bye. Bye.